Hey, welcome back. This is Gil Stewart speaking with Restored and Remarried, where we're here happily offering tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Today's episode is actually an interview that we do with Paul Van Sickle of Way FM 104.5 out of the Portland, Vancouver market. And in the interview, Paul is really asking us questions around early married life, uh, the honeymoon stage, the kid stage, and where, you know, many of us uh, eventually get to the empty nest stage. The, the conversation is all over the place with regards to incredible concepts, encouraging things, as well as challenging issues that face all of us at the different stages of our married lives and relationships. The uh, interview was titled Past Relationships, How They Impact the Present Relationships. And the, uh, the interview, again, was kind of a pre-conference interview with Brenda and I uh, that was promoting the conference that was titled Connect, Build, and Grow here in the Portland, Vancouver area. So I think as you sit back and listen to the conversation, the interview is about 40 minutes, so give yourself a little extra time to listen today. And, and I think you will really come away with some very helpful tools that are going to challenge you as well as encourage you with uh, the various stages of your life. Uh, in your married life and in your relationships. Uh, a, a way to get a hold of us again is restoredandremarried.com. We're happy to take your questions. We're available for coaching and counseling uh, locally as well as coaching um, via Skype and Zoom. So if we can be of service to you in any way, please get in touch with us. Again, thanks so much for listening in and enjoy the interview with Paul. Thank you. Way FM, I'm Paul Van Sickle with Gil and Brenda Stewart from Restored and Remarried. They're going to be part of our Northwest Marriage Conference that's coming to Living Hope Church on February the 9th, 2019. Register at wayfm.com. And let's talk about what we're going to be talking about at the marriage conference. Kind of the overall theme is connect, build, and grow. So let's go through some of those things uh, for you guys as a counselor and as a coach. You hear people probably with communication problems and do people think that kind of use those two words interchangeably in their relationship initially do they think that communication and connection is is the same you know i don't think they do Hmm. i think that word connection and i'm so glad you're using it because people don't use that word very often and when we as we work with couples they say well we have a communication problem and as we work with them, we realize, you know, communication is all in your head. Connection drops down into your heart. So we're all about people connecting because that's a game changer when people realize how to do that. Yeah. More often than not, when I get a presenting problem in a referral, the the thing is, is that we have a communication problem (laughs) and I'm going, oh, really? So you're communicating and you're able to make your schedules, pick the children up so that they're not standing outside all night (laughs) long, picking up the bread and the milk and all that. You are communicating. well, yeah, but we're not communicating. Well, what's the difference? The difference is, is that you're talking to one another intellectually, but you are not talking and connecting with one another emotionally. There's a big difference because emotions and feelings are different. I like the idea that when we connect and communicate together, we do a little thing, which is referred to when you blend those two world words together, you get connectication. Connectication. 
you yeah. get oh, connectication okay. because now you're exchanging information. But often, you know, when I'm talking to somebody in, in, in a counseling coaching situation, it's like, could you just take that such that sentence that you just said and somehow be able to drop that down into your heart mm-hmm. so that you actually are connecting with your spouse, not just telling them? Can you give an example? Of course not, because right now I'm right, I'm right on the moment. Well, you know, it's that keeping it humorous, but it's like even when that's that place of communication, the, the, the emotion that went through my heart when you just said, can you give me an example, was surprise. Mm-hmm. And a little alarm, because now I'm, I'm, I'm not angry, but I'm, I'm scared, because like, do I have an answer? How, this is how I feel. That's connection. Mm. And for the other person to be able to accept that and not try to fix it and sometimes just be with you in the moment. Yeah, to be present. Wow, that must be pretty unnerving to feel scared. Exactly. It's not so much the reflective listening, it's the connecting listening. Because often I can hear what you're saying, but I'm not listening. And half the time, I'm (laughs) not hearing what you're saying while I'm listening either because I'm multitasking Right. When we're on the phone or whatever it is. So that's yeah. like a two, that is kind of a two-step process, right? And that's why being fully present when you're in each other's presence, that's where connection starts. Well, and to take it a step deeper, present is in the head. Available, that's in the heart. Mm. Because be now I've turned towards you, even though your head might be in the, you know, the dryer talking to me and I can't understand a word you're saying, but yet now I'm available. I'm in your space. I'm here. I'm available. I'm present. Now let's connect. How has that played out again? Just examples, but we can go specifically for you guys in your relationship. How long have you guys been married? Almost yeah. 16 years. Almost 16 years. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are some of the ways that almost you... 16 almost 16 years. It all you? depends on the we still, Yeah, we still, feel like we're, we still feel like we're on our honeymoon. That's awesome. Years. That's yeah. awesome. So what are some ways that you guys prioritize that connecting, that connectication in your relationship? Well, I think in one way, because we're empty nesting now, mm-hmm. in one way it's a little bit easier because I remember those days when we had our home full of preteens and teens. It was like crazy. No, it was crazy. Chaos. It was crazy. But, you know, if you think about it, no matter what season of life you're in, the principles of connecting are still the same. We need to make our marriage a priority. And that means over the kids. And sometimes people don't like to hear that. But the best gift we can give our kids is a strong marriage. So to be intentional, to be present and available, like you said, Gil, I think is really important. And even if that, you have to schedule time to do that in these busy seasons. It's actually okay if you miss a soccer practice. I mean, it, oh, it's dread. okay. I know, but you know, <laughs> that's because okay. you're more important. I think I one. So. Of, I think yeah. one of the other things that you're talking about about being intentional in connection is just the simplicity of holding your hand, mm-hmm. giving you a kiss. Standing long enough so that you're not a moving target. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, baby. <laughs> but no, it's like standing still and reconnecting on purpose. And like you said, uh, I have always said, it's the hellos and goodbyes are so it's important. It's a ritual. And it's those little things that can strengthen a marriage. How do you say goodbye to each other in the morning? How do you welcome each other at home? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, what I'd like to see when I get We're home. We're not going to talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> this is a G uh, this is a, audience. Yeah, this is a family show. Okay. This is a podcast. Okay. It'll be fine. Well, yeah, if you come to, no, if you come to the event, we might get into it a little bit more. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, that's it's, what we're it's doing. more adult rated. Yeah. <laughs> it is, because it needs to be, because that's part of marriage, Well, it's right? in the Bible. It's it okay. It is in the Bible. I mean, God <laughs> created some great things in that Bible, yes. I tell you. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm Paul Van Sickle with 104.5 Way FM talking with Gil and Brenda Stewart of Restored and Remarried. They're going to be at the Northwest Marriage Conference. Connect, build, grow. When you hear the word, word build in the context of your relationship and your ministry, what does that mean to you guys? Building to me means how am I developing my skills? What am I growing? What what new information am I growing? Because life does not stand still. And unfortunately, my memory also leaks. So that means I need to continue to build. How do I, how do I know you? Because one of the things that we, we really developed early in our relationship was because, you know, being in a blended family, mm-hmm. I wanted history and history takes time. Mm-hmm. So that means I have to build. I have to continue to invest in the relationship. Return on investment is a, a business current term, you know, in, in the business world. Why would it not be in relationship with your wife, your husband and your, you know, your partner? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when people get married, they think, you know, oh, we can just kind of chill now because I don't have to put my best foot forward anymore. But (laughs) and the idea of being able to build. I know I'm sure you've heard this analogy before that, you know, a car, you've got to take in every 3000 miles to get an oil change. Right. I mean, we all know that. And sometimes we forget to do that on our in our relationships. And we're always looking for ways to be intentional, not busy, because busy is a four letter word. I'm not busy. We're intentional to invest in our relationship. And we're always learning because we as humans are always changing and we have new experiences coming to us. I think the other thing to add to that is, is that prioritizing the building time is simply going out on a date. You don't need to go spend, you know, a hundred dollars on a really fancy dinner, although you like that. Once in a but while. sometimes, you know, go buy a five dollar Subway sandwich, go to the local park with a really great view and sit there and talk with one another. Make it a priority. Some of the statistics that come back and I want to say it's out of either the University of Virginia, I can't remember where exactly, uh, but they did they did some uh, study with regards to the couples that date and keep that dating relationship going actually stick together better because yeah here i am i've romanced you i've won your heart and now i've got you and then most guys and i hope this is not you gentlemen you stop dating your wife that is a big no-no because that doesn't build anything other than being lazy and lackadaisical and in the day and age we live you, you, you need to continue to pursue your girl's heart. And you know what? I'm sure all the ladies are going, yeah, yeah, tell them. But you know what, ladies? I'm going to call you out. We can engage our guys. We can be romantic. We can initiate sex. We can call you Say out. Say what? On a da- yeah. Oh, we wow. can. We can take you out like on it. a date. I can't tell you how many women say, oh, my husband never does, blah, blah, blah. Well, what are you doing? I mean, you're my best friend. I want to hang out with you and I care about you. And how can we make, we don't want a good marriage. We thought what we had in the past was a good marriage. We want a great marriage and we want our kids to see what a great marriage looks like because we want that for them. We're building a new legacy. Yeah. 
So, and then you'd mentioned at one point talking about the different stages of life and that building looks different definitely in every stage. So when it's new, it's easier to build because you still are discovering and learning. And then if you have kids and then the chaos comes and that's the time and the money management and that's where people usually freak out and, and lose that dating because of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the excuses of time and money, which as legitimate as they are, again, being intentional. And then that kind of sets the stage then for that empty nester thing where then you have to kind of rebuild and go can you kind of give maybe one example for each stage or one thought for each stage of that of the 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 newlywed stage the kids were too stressed and don't have time and money stage and then hey now the kids are gone Uh oh what do we do now stage i think we could talk to an hour on each of those (laughs) that's why we have the northwest marriage conference that's where you're gonna all day february 9th speakers but maybe just but maybe just one thing for each of those stages i think in that newlywed stage it really is because yeah things are 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 kind of new you're still kind of cool and i don't you know (laughs) and i realize that you know you don't have stinky feet yet and so uh you know there's all that discovery stage but I think one of the best things you can do is you think you know your spouse. You know this new spouse. Actually, there are things which are referred to as love maps. It's done via, via the Gottman Institute, and it's very well researched. You need to find a list of that love map because early on we are creating these maps to one another's heart. And those change. So you need to continue. So get the foundation of that map of your your spouse's life early on and there's a great questionnaire on that and there's things through family life and the resources on really good questions that are not only serious but also humorous that builds humor connection and a lot of fun because those few early months uh, years <laughs> of that, that early stage is all about getting wired getting connected getting familiar finding out history and building that life together yeah and I think what's really important in those early years is to build laughter mm. because you're going to need that <laughs> yeah. The yeah. next yeah. few phases that are coming, yes. because at some point you have to say, and this kind of gets into the next phase, <laughs> is what hill am I going to die on? Mm-hmm. Especially with my kids. Is this really that important? Now, so some things are. I get that. Yeah. And the whole thing about, I had mentioned earlier about, do you have to be able to place your marriage above the kids? And sometimes, honestly, if the marriage is not going well, it's a piece of cake to hide behind the kids so you don't have to work on your marriage. Mm -hmm. And that is just um, adding a depth of disconnection, which is, we don't want that. We want connection. So speak to that, sweetheart, because it's that matter of getting behind the kids. I guess this would be the next phase. How do you protect that marriage when we've got those little munchkins, ankle biters, and soon to be teenagers yeah. coming at us full steam yeah, ahead? Yeah, because they're sucking your brains out. Yeah. <laughs> just, how do we How do we, we pull we, together and we, protect ourselves? We call our kids those people yeah, lovingly. lovingly, yes. lovingly. Yes, lovingly. <laughs> what are those people doing? When are they leaving? Yeah, yeah. What are, yeah you know, okay. Well, and that just gets back to the craziness of whatever wherever you're at with kids is you've got to keep the marriage strong because especially in a blended family, those kids are going to want to try to come in between you and separate you. That's my dad. That's not my mom, you know, this kind of stuff. So even in a first time marriage, but especially in a remarriage in a step family, you've got to pull ranks and that marriage has got to be close that your connection, mm-hmm. that your parenting is on the same page. Right. Right. Cause the kids, even in first time marriages, first time relationships is they know quickly how to learn how to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. So if we're in agreement, mm-hmm. huh, we got your number, but I think it's that place just 
stating it again, prioritize a weekly, if not biweekly date night, figure some way how to do that. Even if that means you need to, you know, tuck your kids away at grandma's and if grandma's not around, hire one babysitters. I mean, make it happen somehow. That time to connect in those years is mandatory. It really is just, just to keep your sanity as well as your friendship alive. And I remember at some point in those middle years, we knew that our, we have seven kids and five were in the home and they were all have activities (laughs) and it was important for us to keep their life, their schedule as, as stable. stable as possible because of all the hoo-ha the adults in their life were putting on them. So I remember there were some seasons and some weeks where it's like, okay, we realize this is craziness going on. We're going to reconnect, you know, next Thursday at seven, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. But in the meantime, we're, we got each other's right. back. We're connecting. We know this is just a season and it's, it's not going to go forever. Yeah. There was, there was a, a goal, an end in mind that I can survive until next Thursday <laughs> yeah. between now and then. Oh my word. So then you move on into those teen years and those launch years. And I would say, honestly, those years are actually probably the most hazardous hmm. because in developmental phases with human beings as we grow, um, you know, in the connections of, of, of uh, intimacy and trust and the ability to have not be overwhelmed with shame or guilt, having the ability to be intimate and, and not isolated shows up in those middle years, not only as, as human beings in our 30s and 40s, but now we have teenage kids and older adults and the pressure goes on the marriage. Right. So, what we you know, have so seen, age, you know, marriage, marriage time, I think you're going to get to it right there. Go for it. Yeah. What we've seen is marriage is 17 to 25 years. That's when most divorces happen. Mm. And you think about it. We're probably hitting our forties, right? We're reevaluating life. Is this all that is, do I want to live this way the rest of my life? And the kids, well, teenagers are sucking your brains out. So you have, <laughs> so that is a time where disconnection and drift can happen in the relationship. And those 17 to 25 years, boy, that's when you want to be intentional to connect. We have this code going on for those that are not in the studio. About to there's hand signals there's, happening. There's, there's hand signals here. This is a point that I've got to make. That intention is very much not so much the the couple, but you as an individual. Mm. Because in good chances are, there's something in your human development, your attachment process that isn't complete or there's been a wound. And that would be where I would really encourage folks to get together with a counselor or with a coach or a pastor or a dear friend and unpack some of those things. Because if that's going on inside of you, it's going to show up in your relationship, first with your spouse, then your kids, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the time to pull together, close ranks and get the help that you need. There is no stigma in saying I'm stuck. But there is a great deal of damage by not speaking up and saying, I need help. Because what's hidden can't heal. Boom. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. That's amazing. But also, those years when the kids start launching, mm-hmm. like we're yes. empty nesting now. Empty nesting. That's um, the next phase. Yeah, we celebrate with, with pipe and band and flags <laughs> going, goodbye. And yeah. we're moving. And, Try to come and find us. And then cereal for dinner. That's our yeah. favorite. Yeah, that was our first meal after <laughs> the But I think yeah, as a couple... I mean, as a mom, I mean, I spent my whole life goal being a mom is to launch these kids so that they're responsible adults in society. 
that's a baseline. Now, then, obviously, we want, to, we want them all to love Jesus and follow that. But you know what, guys? Even being raised in the church, that's not a guarantee. No. So in the meantime, how can we love our kids well? And then also, okay, how many years do we have left? And what do we want to do with that? How do we want it? We want to continue to impact relationships. And because it's so easy to, to have a marriage go from good to great by just a little bit of tweaking. And part of that, Gil, like you said, that was brilliant about sometimes we have to do some internal work. Would you like, say that again? That brilliant That you're brilliant. Yeah, oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> This is, this is being recorded. So. Yeah, there you go. That'll be your new ringtone. America tone. heard that I was brilliant for about five seconds. The rest of the time, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, moments. you were you were coming back to something. That was good. That was good. Um, I don't remember what I was coming back to. I got thrown off by your brilliance as well. It just yeah, radiated too. way over yeah, here. Yeah, me too. It's good. But yeah, just, um, and, and so that is a, a new phase. And obviously some of that is dependent on how you've treated those first couple phases as yep. to where you're at when that happens. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself not in a good place when that happens, it's almost like going back to the beginning. Right. And, and But again, you happen to be intentional. And like you said, you know, it takes that one person a lot of times to make that first move and step up and say, hey, we need to do this. I yeah. really want to reconnect with you. Right. And right. I'll tell That's you courage. right now. It's a step of yeah, courage. Unless there's something really like abuse of some kind, something really, you know, your your life is in danger. The, the main reason divorces happen nowadays is because flat out selfishness. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, we love to people that are talking about contemplating divorce because it's like, OK, you want a divorce? Let's go there for a minute. This is what your life is going to be like. And I guarantee it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to repair and grow back together again. Because at this point, if you have kids, it's not just about you. How is a divorce going to impact your kids? Mm -hmm. And it's impacted our whole family the rest of our life. Every birthday party, every wedding, every grandbaby that's being born, it's part of our, that pain is always revisited. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's back to that point that the divorce, you know, maybe maybe the other spouse is being selfish. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they haven't taken the time to build. You haven't taken the time to invest. Well, so what? Stop and consider before you choose. Please, for the sake of the legacy of your children, yourself, and what comes up behind you. Because, you know, sitting in my chair every day, I hear stories and they are stories that people come off the rails because they haven't stopped. They haven't considered. And the choices that they make are damaging and not only to themselves, but everybody around them. And the key thing here is God has a mission for your marriage. God Mm -hmm. has a mission and a call upon your life. And if you are in that marriage, it is the place to where God's legacy is living on in you. What is the calling upon your marriage? What has God called you guys to do? That changes the game plan. That changes the vision. And yeah, you guys are going to trip and fall and kick each other in the shin, blah, 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 blah. I get that. You're human. So are we. But the place of it is, is that when we begin to understand that our lives are called to a mission, that that's a game changer. Plus the fact God is the most hilarious, <laughs> terrifying uh one to follow because he's going to be glorified in what we go through if we trust him. 
And sometimes, I mean, even in some of the phases of our life, even now, it's terrifying, but it's exciting at the same time. But I know God's got us. He's not going to let us fall through. And that's one of our mottos is we get the adventure. He gets the glory. Mm. You know, oh, I love that. Sometimes we got to step out of the boat, and and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's we've heard the, in the boat. Yeah, right? we've heard the title. <laughs> I think it was you know Joel Orberg or whoever it was that wrote that book years and years ago. If you want to walk on water, Pete, you got to get out of the boat. Yeah, and it's like you know, but when you get out of the boat and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're doing going to be okay. But as soon as you get your eyes off, you're going to sink like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Put your eyes back on yeah, and, yeah. and, and knowing that he's there to lift you back up. Exactly. That he's always extending the hand yeah. and you just got to reach back out yeah. and yeah. do it. We're talking with Gil and Brenda Stewart of Restored and Remarried here on Way FM. Connect, build, grow. That's a theme for the Way FM Northwest Marriage Conference on February 9th. Build and grow seem to be on the surface, you know, maybe the the same theme, but like two different metaphors, right? <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. like a planning, but there, what's the difference for you guys in that? When you hear grow with relationship, where do you go with that? What comes to mind is you've been building and investing and learning new skills, right? right? By going to conferences and stuff. So the grow part to me is putting it into action because I can't tell you how many people come to our seminars and we work with them. And they're, they're stuck. It's like, well, are you willing to change your attitude and maybe be a little uncomfortable to try something new to help this relationship grow? Because in our marriage, you know, there's three people in our marriage. There's, yes, maybe four because God's in there, obviously, but there's Gil and me, but then there's the marriage itself has a personality. So what can we do to benefit that marriage. And sometimes we have to die to the marriage in the sense of, you know, sometimes we can be so like, well, this is what I want. My arms cross. And like, I'm not, this is deal with it. This is what You're I want. You're digging your heels in. <laughs> yeah. But how is that benefiting the marriage? If it doesn't benefit the marriage, I need to back off and, and vice versa. It doesn't matter if it's you or me doing that because it's the marriage, that third part of our relationship besides the Lord that is going to benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say that word grow, the, the, the thought that comes to my mind is a scripture out of first Corinthians 13 toward the end of the chapter where it talks about that. When I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, when I became a woman, when I be, when I became a mature person, I began to start thinking differently. I began to act differently. I am now acting from a place of maturity And that place of maturity is growth for the sake of what am I giving away of myself? What is the marriage giving away Mm -hmm. of itself? Like you were alluding to, you and I are contributing to this, this third invisible party, which is the marriage. And that's what I love about it, because as you look around at couples, every marriage has its own personality. Mm-hmm. Some of them are Italian, and they're all having a really great time. Others are real Finnish and Norwegian. No offense, no offense you know, pardoned here, but, you know, there's not a lot of emotion going on there where, you know, but, but in some marriages, there's this relationship and it's beautiful because they've learned how to grow past themselves. It's mm, good. They get past themselves so that they can grow for the sake of the marriage and the marriage's impact on those that are around them, their children, their community, their church, and wherever God has placed them. They've grown up and now they're really doing and can be obedient because out of love for one another, we can be obedient to what God has called us. Mm. 
That's good. good stuff. That's good stuff. You guys should like take this show on the road and <laughs> talk to like people to, about so it. We're open for invitations. Yeah. We love it. You, guys you want to get a hold of us, restoredandremarried.com. Gil and Bridges. Yes, there it Would is. Would you like a phone number? I can <laughs> give that to you. Yeah. We no, we, we, are, we, are, we are at the place in our lives, uh, Paul, that our hands are open. And if, if God has a, a door for us to walk through and, and a plane ticket is offered, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think our passion is marriage. I and mean, we've been speaking over 14 years almost 15 and uh, our specialty is remarriage, but we're just passionate about marriage because we see too many people not happy and suffering. It's like, it doesn't need to be that way. It's going to take work, but I mean, it can be transformed. I think one of the things that I've learned, especially with some of the couples I've worked with recently is that, that when they begin to understand that their pain is not to be avoided, it's not something to run away from, but actually something to lean into. Basically, the, the the research states that if we've handled the pain well, it's actually more of an adhesive. It's more of a bond than a nice trip to Jamaica. Okay, we had a really nice memory, but that's fleeting. When I go through a painful situation with you where we're really scrapping and we make it through, mm-hmm. I am never going to forget that. Yeah. It's like guys and women who go through battle zones, who are battle buddies, or a, you know, a team that's gone to the state championship and want, they've blood, sweat, teared, gritted, and they've made it through. They made it through the hard stuff. So if you're in a situation where there's pain right now, you're actually in good company. So submit to the pain. Don't run from it. Get some help around you for sure to help somebody help you interpret what's going on. But for goodness sakes, embrace it. Don't run from it. I I call that hug your porcupine. And the Bible says basically is to pick up your cross and follow me. It is kind of a scriptural concept. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about... um relationships and bringing things into relationships because i'd say it's a very rare occasion that especially now you're just dating one person and and you're married and that's it usually you're dating uh at least a couple different people that obviously those relationships ended for whatever a variety of reasons a divorce rate we all know the stats on divorce and then remarriage people that are uh widowers that you know, it's also different situations, but right. very rarely are we seeing somebody. This is the first relationship. So how how does the past relationships affect your present relationship? They do, and even family of origin stuff. So let's oh, say yeah. this is your first relationship, and you haven't had you know other relationships in a romantic way or whatever, but just family of origin stuff. I mean, overlay that on everybody. <laughs> then we all need to go to counseling, right? <laughs> yeah. I always used to say when our kids were teenagers, boy, I would love to see you in counseling now so I could see um, where I, or 20 years from now, so I can see where we've messed up because <laughs> we're doing the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's a loaded question. I mean, again, back to that human development phase. Have I done a good enough job in the family of origin? But if I've come out of a former relationship, then there could be what we refer to as bare wires. In the psychological world, they call that attachment wounds. Those things start when you're really young. But if you've gone into a relationship and there's been a, you know, there's a a, a primary intimate relationship and it's torn apart, there's going to be a wound. And if that wound hasn't had a chance to heal, whether it was your fault or the other person's fault, if we haven't dealt with that, it's coming with us. 
and you know being able to deal with those past memories past habits past events past rituals those are all things from the past of hey when i was doing the relationship before we did it this this and this way you don't do it that way and something's wrong here well it's not the other person it's you right and because possibly those habits were distorted they were mm-hmm. they were messed up and so because we thought something, we believed something to be correct, no, it was distorted. Therefore, it goes the actions and the behaviors, and then the emotions get really kind of fouled up, and it takes time to unwind that. Yes, Mrs. And Stewart. The, I, <laughs> She's motioning me like, okay, I'm not sure if you're going to select right, me or right. what. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. It's really good stuff. I was just going to piggyback on that, though, to say that that level of trust in a relationship, to be able to to be to, to trust each other enough to have those those conversations to say this was my experience in this situation in the past I see it's different now or it's the same and it's not going well and let's see what's the common denominator between the past and now gee it must be me so I'm calling myself out on that and that's what we would call an old tape sometimes I'd say hey Gil I need to call myself on an old tape this is how I used to do it this is what comes naturally but I'm really going to make an effort to change my tape and I want you to hold me accountable in love because I don't want that bad stuff that I used to do to affect now. Yeah, one of the skills that we train and teach to couples in our seminars and even in counseling is to come up with personal, intimate catchwords. Something that you look at each other and say that word. For instance, we had a couple who came up with a catchword, parking lot. And it carried a lot of meaning for this couple. And so every time they were going to descend into an ugly conversation, someone had to simply have the courage to say parking lot. And that was the catchphrase to say, whoa, put on the brakes. That's my stuff, not yours. Please slow down. Maybe it means park the car. I don't know what happened in the park lot, but (laughs) whatever took place. But it's come up with some kind of a catchphrase that you both, when you're in a peaceful space, to be able to say, I'm going to give you permission and you're going to give me permission that if you say pink squirrel, that means put the brakes on or just listen to me. It's not you. It's me. And you define that in when you come up with that, not in the moment, because in the moment it may look like it's you. But in reality, it's something deep down inside of me. And if I don't have the vulnerability Mm. and the safety to be able to say, no, it's not you, then we got to figure out a way how to do that. And that's where a catchphrase comes in. And again, this stuff, like you said, it can't be done in the moment. If there are people that are hearing this now and they're in those contentious situations, it it really is probably going to take some outside help to be able to get there. There are some things that you can, you know, hopefully you can listen to this together as a couple and and, and digest it and talk about it. But sometimes uh, that's not going to happen, you know. And so how and so how do you how do you suggest going about finding help outside your marriage let's go there at the question Mm. well i think you know obviously pastoral help Mm -hmm. and if the pastor feels like hey this is about as far as i can go with it then most of the pastors around the country we've met uh have referral sources for counseling uh and or coaching 
and, and mentor couples. I mean, the, between the, I mean, even in our office, I really try to make it really clear. I'm a counselor, I'm a coach, and I'm a mentor. And I might be th- all three in the same session, depending upon how this goes. Mm-hmm. So find what fits for you in your local area. Are there mentoring things? We actually do stuff even, you know, nationally via Skype and phone and all that type of thing. But one-on-one face, you know, being able to do that is is, is key. I don't know what you'd mm-hmm. add to that, Brenda. Well, if they're not to that point where they need to find a counselor, even having time alone when things are calm to talk about it. And once again, like you said earlier, Gil, there is no shame in going to a counselor. I mean, we know people and I, I so admire these couples that, you know, every, I don't know, year, every couple of years, they'll go in with a counselor just to do a checkup. And once again, that's that building phase and to be able to grow. I think it's all about preparation. But like you're to your point. Paul, when you're in the middle of it is not the time to do an oil change. (laughs) Uh, That's not the time to change the tires. You need to stay on the road. So if you're in the middle of a conflict, then best thing to do is actually learn how to take a time out. Not, you know, five days, but maybe 50 minutes and then actually really breathe. I mean, your body, if your nervous system is on fire, then you need to back off and take a time out. The key thing is, is during that time out, you need to take a time in because if you're angry, you got to be honest with yourself and say, why Mm -hmm. is it because I'm hurt? Is it because I feel disrespected, et cetera, et cetera. That's where a counselor can help. But that aspect of just doing yourself a favor and take some deep belly breaths and get your system to set down. I think physiologically it takes about 30 to 45 minutes for your body to reset. Mm. So if you're in a conflict, give each other permission to say, I need a timeout. Let's come back to this in an hour or in a couple hours. And that's another situation when things are going well. Okay. They have this conversation. Okay. When the next big conflict comes up, because you know it will, <laughs> what, what are the rule? What are the ground rules? Okay. Gil, you need four hours to decompress. I want it to solve right now. Right. A total extreme. So how are we going to negotiate? Compromise. How are we going to compromise? So, okay. So let's say, let's take a two hour break. And that way I know there's going to be some, some connection, some come back again. And it, it's just fair to the marriage to be able to put some kind of guidelines on this because folks this going two or three, four days without talking, that is just not stop it. That is not honoring. And the enemy of our soul can just drive us deeper, dig our our heels in deeper and it doesn't do anybody good. And it's no fun. Yeah. Who's getting the glory on that one? (laughs) I think the other thought too is, is that we're talking to a lot of people who are well-educated are smart people. And they negotiate things every day from the grocery store to business deals that are worth millions of dollars to changing the diapers. If you're going to be able to negotiate that with, you know, people that sometimes are complete strangers, then negotiate. If you're in a really tough time, think back for a moment. This is your friend. This is your lover. This is your your helpmate. Negotiate like you're negotiating with a friend. Think the best, even in the hardest of situations, think the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the thing that I want to just pass on maybe in the concluding point of this point is this in conflict, the exchange of positive to negative in good relationships that for every negative point made, there needs to be five positives. So it's a five to one ratio. When you are in the middle of a conflict, the ratio goes up to about 15 to one. So even when you're having a really tough time, 
Do your very level best to negotiate with your friend as positively as possible. Think the best. Get through the pain together. It's like flying through a hurricane. You will get through it. The wings will stay on the fuselage and you will fly another day. As long as you don't stop and right. turn around. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't bail out. Stay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, talking with Gil and Brenda Stewart, Restored and Remarried. They're going to be at the Way FM Northwest Marriage Conference on February the 9th, teaching a breakout session uh, related to your the title of your ministry, Restored and Remarried, dealing with blended families, people who are being remarried. And what is it that you guys are going to be kind of focusing on there in that session? How to make the best banana split together you can. <laughs> That's good. That yeah, good yeah, we'll be serving ice cream. I was going to say, if you're yeah. bringing in chocolate, some yeah, props, yeah. I'll be yeah. in for that. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to bring in props, yeah. but not ice cream. Uh, almost got you, didn't I? Yes. Okay, so we're going to bring in props. We're going to have actual uh, visual things that we illustrate, issues around division versus unity, conflict uh, resolution uh, skills, actually a, a more of a unifying inner subjective concept so we have a lot maybe of maybe meet fred yeah you'll meet fred. fred yeah we'll meet yeah, fred. he's our special guest he's our All special right. fred uh, yeah but we we are really big on visuals because we realize that in human and especially adult living we hear wah 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 but if we see something visual tied to the concept we're going to take that away and be able to put that to work yeah that's kind of what we've always done and i think people appreciate that right yeah so we banter and go back and forth, and there's a lot of interaction during the session. And it's so, fun. Yeah, we have some fun with it. That's good. And we, uh, again, encourage... Fun with conflict. Fun yeah. with conflict. <laughs> well, again, it, it's it's the important stuff, and this is the place to, to again, uh, find and learn how to connect, to get those skills in that building phase so you can take it from that conference and, and grow your marriage. And, again, that's for all phases, whether, again, that newlywed phase, the, the kids phase, the... Uh, Phase that I'm way far off. (laughs) I'm way far from that, so I'm not even. That's not even on my radar. But yeah, if you're in those phases, um, then this is a place to go. Whether you want to take your marriage from good to great, or you're on the brink and you're like, we need something now. Yeah, Yeah. that you're going to be able to find those resources at the WayFM Northwest Marriage Conference. And you guys have other resources as well that people can access right now. You have a podcast and a YouTube Mm -hmm. channel. Where can people find more information from Gil and Brenda Stewart at Restored and Remarried? We've got RestoredandRemarried.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our YouTube station where we upload videos Almost every week, yeah. Yeah. And then we have our podcasts, and we blog, and we have a yeah, we have a small group. uh, So we have a book, we have a DVD, small group DVD, Uh and specific to step families. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think that's all we got. Uh, yeah. That's it. Just <laughs> that's a couple it. things. Just a couple things. There is really We're no excuse to not find you if you're uh, <laughs> looking for again. RestoredAndRemarried.com has the the links and the access to all of those things. And uh, again, we're excited that you guys are going to be with us for the Way FM Northwest Marriage Conference. Thanks for your time today. And again, we're just looking to uh, help help people because it's it's tough. <laughs> we said that a couple yeah, times yeah. Um, today together. Of just life is tough. And marriage is tough. So I, I would like to end on our final motto, which we, we really want to explain it a little bit more this year. And that motto is, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. And the key thing is, is we don't want to offend anyone with that particular comment because we realize that it is the marriage that's the glue. 
if you're going through a hard time and that marriage isn't there, this is not to be something derogative or sad, but realizing that when you do work toward a healthy marriage, it is the grounds for everything. And I think that's where we want to encourage people to step out because God wants you to have a healthy marriage. God's glorified by a healthy marriage. Plus, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Find out more. Get all the resources. Restoredandremarried.com. Register for WayFM's Northwest Marriage Conference at WayFM.com. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.